Environment Matters, sponsored by Wuka Period Pants, the reusable menstrual underwear that completely replaces disposables. Find out more at wuka.co.uk and join the revolution. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, to start off with, we're staying right in St Albans. Now, last Wednesday, St Albans District Council unanimously carried a motion to declare a climate emergency and work towards becoming carbon neutral by 2030. The motion came as a result of the climate emergency petition initiated by Sustainable St Albans at the start of this year's Sustainability Festival. And Catherine Ross, chair of Sustainable St Albans, was one of the speakers asking the council to support the motion. The other speaker was 17-year-old Mimi of Extinction Rebellion. Now, I'll leave you to decide whether Mimi was excited about the result. Mimi, you've just walked out of the council chamber. You have a great big grin on your face. What happened in there? They 55 to 0. Everyone loved it and everyone was so on board. Um, they were discussing loads of different ways we can get this done um, and were so enthusiastic and people were passionate about it and want to speak to the community and get everyone involved, the people, the councillors, everyone involved in, in really making a difference and, you, and it was incredible. And as you came out of the council chamber, what greeted you downstairs? Cheering, everyone clapping, everyone was so happy, everyone's absolutely chuffed and it's an amazing feeling. That's right, there's a whole crowd of crowd people, of people sh- watching this. Huge amounts of people, huge amounts of people here watching and that's just incredible to see people who want to spend their evening um, here and showing how much they support this motion and care so much and yeah. it's incredible. So when I've spoken to you before about climate change you've said it's making you angry and you're really worried. Do I detect a little bit of hope this evening? Right now it's given me so much hope because it shows that everything that we're doing is making a difference even if this is something small. It's just one council, but it's still making a difference, and that's incredible. And if we can make a difference on a small scale, we can make a difference on a large scale. Mimi, thank you very much indeed. Go and enjoy some celebration. There we go. That's um, Mimi from Extinction Rebellion, one of the speakers um, asking the council to support the climate emergency um, motion. Now, councillors from every party spoke in favour of the motion. Lib Dem councillor and council leader Chris White said that supporting the motion was probably the most important thing that the council would ever do, whilst Mal Pakenham pledged the 100% support of the Labour group in the council. Councillor Julian Daly from the Conservative Group, he gave his support for the motion and suggested the formation of a working group to explore how best the council could work to reduce carbon emissions from not just members of all the council's political groups, but also members of other local groups with relevant expertise. Let's hear from Catherine Ross from Sustainable St Tom's, who spoke on behalf of the motion and see what she thought. So, Catherine, you've just come just come out of the council meeting where the climate emergency motion has just been passed. 
did you in your wildest dreams expect anything as good as what's just happened in there? No, your, your, your listeners can't see. I'm beaming from ear to ear. It was the fact that it was unanimous. I'm just absolutely bowled over. I'm so pleased that it was completely cross-party and completely unanimous this evening. And were there any, any um, highlights in there? Anything in particular that stands out? I think the fact that... The councillors were understanding that it takes change at all levels, that they were talking about individual action, they were talking about council action, but they were also talking about being a leader within the district and even uh, working with neighbouring councils, working with our twin towns. I mean, just understanding that it takes the change on on all of those levels to really have an impact. Indeed. Now, this is the start, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a wonderful start, but it's only the start. We have to become carbon neutral, net carbon neutral by 2030, and that's going to take concerted action for for many years. Um, And your group, Sustainable St Albans, will they be working with the council to um, provide suggestions as to ways in which we might reach these difficult targets? I absolutely hope so. So the councillors were talking tonight about setting up a group and reaching out to the business sector and the voluntary sector, and I I, I definitely hope that we can be part of that discussion. Well, enjoy this evening. Thank you. Catherine, thank you. Now, as Mimi said, there was a great crowd of other people there as well. Not only had members of the public taken up seats in the council chamber to watch the progress of the climate emergency motion, but they also formed a demonstration outside beforehand. And those that couldn't find space in the chamber gathered in the foyer to watch the webcast of the proceedings, clapping the speakers enthusiastically. Now, Susanna was one of these people who had come along to lend their support. Let's hear what Suzanne had to say. So can you tell me your name? Suzanne Dolan. Suzanne. Suzanne, so why did you come along to St Albans Council this evening? I wanted to see them pass uh, a climate emergency across St Albans. And why was this important to you? Because we're at the precipice, a human civilization is at the precipice of extinction, and if we don't all start coming together to do something about it, uh, human civilization is in jeopardy. And watching the councillors there, what were you thinking? Uh, it was fantastic that they were. It was a unanimous um, vote for the climate emergency. Um, they all had individual comments to add to it of their own particular um, interests. But it was great to see them all united. All the all the parties were there, all speaking in favour of the the motion. And did this sort of give you hope in well local democracy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now we've got to see action. Uh, We've got United Decision, but action is most important next. Indeed. And will you be kind of keeping an eye on things? Is this something that you want to see followed through? Yes, absolutely. We got asked to come and visit uh, in six months' time and check in on them, but they also talked about having a working group. I'd love to get involved in that. Um, And I participate in every avenue possible in my working, personal, professional, social life. Uh, to do as much as I can. Okay. well, I'm sure they'll be interested in taking you up on your offer. Thank you very much indeed. Now, later on in the same meeting, the council passed another motion. This was proposed by Councillor Mary Maynard to ban the use of single-use plastic in council offices and to work towards banning its use in facilities licensed by the council and at events on council property or supported by the council. So from the sustainability point of view, a great night's work by St Albans District Council. 
Now, one of the creatures most susceptible to the changing climate are butterflies. And um, they're now monitored to see how well they're doing by the big butterfly count. And yet again, we're being asked to join in. I spoke to Malcolm Hull of Hertfordshire and Middlesex Butterfly Conservation. Malcolm, thank you so much for joining me. So how are butterflies doing? Has the rain affected them at all? Um well, the rain's um, given a, a new greener flush to the countryside, and that means lots of new nectar, lots of healthy butterflies um, hatching out. Um, and yeah, they're, they're thoroughly enjoying themselves at present in the sunshine. Well, just, um, you know, from an untrained eye, I do feel like I've seen a few butterflies around. And I always think that's a nice thing. So it's the time of year for the big butterfly count again. What do we have to do? Um, well, this year the butterfly count's running from the 19th of July up until the 11th of August. And taking part in the count's really easy. You need to find a sunny, where, sunny spot, um, anywhere it could be in your garden, in the park, anywhere really, uh, where there's butterflies flying, and spend 15 minutes counting the butterflies you see. Then, once you've done that, submit your sightings online at the Big Butterfly Count website, that's bigbutterflycount.org, or you can use the Big Butterfly Count app. Okay. Um, now, and you're just looking at a lovely sheet there with lots of lovely butterfly pictures on. Where do we get a bit of help in working out what's the difference between a red admiral and a small copper? Well, that's all on the website and the and the app. So if you if you go to one of those places, you'll be able to see the same chart with all the pictures of the butterflies that you're likely to be see in flying around at present. Right, okay, that sounds lovely. Now, you've got a couple of themes going for this year's Big Butterfly Count. What are they? Um, Yeah, well, this year um, the Count's being launched by BC's Vice President, Chris Packham, at the Natural History Museum. Um, David Attenborough, who's done it in previous years, is still supporting us, but as he's over 90 now, we've given him a bit of a rest this year. Um, It's actually the 10th anniversary of the Big Butterfly Count, so we're, we're hoping... Um, to get a good return. We got over 100,000 people doing it last year, which is the, the first time we've ever hit that milestone. Um, and the, uh, there's, t- there's going to be two themes which will, which will come out at the launch. Um, one's going to be more of a focus on climate change, the impact that's having on butterflies. Um, and the other one's um, the relationship with, between watching butterflies and mental health. Um, oh, and what is that relationship? Um, well, a, health, a healthy mind is one that's, um, that's happy and relaxed and getting outside and counting butterflies is very good for your well-being. Right, OK. And how about, um, I'm just thinking about, we've heard quite a lot about teenage well-being and stress. Would it be good for them to do, or even for children? Yeah, well, children are, are fascinated by butterflies and caterpillars and I think peak, peak butterfly age is probably between 8 and 10. Um, but older children um, and adults will get a lot of benefit from it as well. Okay, so something for everybody then. So what did we learn from last year's butterfly count? Well, there were some clear winners and losers. Um, The species that did uh, particularly well were the ones in the white family and the the blues, the holly blues and the common blues, which are the ones we find in the garden. The ones that did badly were were generally the brown butterflies um, and the nymphalids, which are the the brightly coloured red admirals, peacocks, small tortoiseshells, which were all well down in number. Do you know what? I mean, I seem to remember as a child that they were everywhere. You know, they were common butterflies. Is this a long-term trend with them? Yeah, I mean, butterfly numbers have been declining dramatically since the um, since the Second World War. There's 
you know, massive changes to the environment, um, huge intensification of agriculture, um, and butterflies' um, uh, numbers have gone well down. I mean, they're a big indicator of the health of our environment. And I think the reduction in the number of butterflies tells us that we're still living in an environment that's pretty unhealthy. Um, so it's vitally important that we monitor them um, and see how well they're doing because they are telling us a message that's very important. Right. OK. Um, now, what kind of things might we expect to see? Right? Anything in particular that around St. Albans we, we might see? Yeah, I think all the all the species that are in the big butterfly count are 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 around in St Albans and flying at present. We've had uh, the last few weeks we've had quite an influx of red admirals and painted ladies. Those are immigrant butterflies that fly in from overseas um, each year. Oh, uh, so where do they fly from then? Um, well, they come generally from the continent. I mean, right. painted ladies usually start in Africa and migrate up, but sometimes. Um, in more than one generation. Um, wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Isn't that a wonderful thing? So if we see these butterflies, they have travelled thousands of miles. Just Some like of them, yeah. Tiny, yeah. fragile little things. Wonderful. Sorry, you were saying, so we've got the red admirals and the painted ladies who have migrated all these distances. What other things one might we see? Um, well, we've got quite a lot of marble whites this year. They, they've had a very good showing, although probably by the end of July, their numbers of those will be dying off. Um, Gatekeepers will be out, little brown and orange ones that are, are very pretty. They come along um, later in later in the month. Um, probably peacocks and small tortoise shells are, are starting to go over wet already as they they get tend to go into hibernation towards the end of July. Okay, so it sounds like there's plenty for us to see there. Now, um, you've been doing some some great work. Um, actually trying to encourage particular species of butterflies down at Greenwood Park. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you've done there? Yeah, Greenwood Park is a really interesting project. We've been building um, a chalk bank uh, in the park um, in partnership with the St Stephen Parish Council and that's to provide habitat for the small blue butterfly, a very rare um, and quite threatened butterfly that's uh, not very common in Hertfordshire but has its best site in, in the county in Chiswell Green. Right, okay. And and can you give us any indication about how that's going? Um, well, the bank's completed. We, we've started the planting work, but that will keep going. Um, we've sort of suspended over the summer, but we'll be doing more in the, in, in, in the autumn and probably next spring. Um, so yeah, the banks are, the banks okay. all built and, and in, in good shape, ready to ready ready for the butterflies to move in. Okay, so no butterflies there yet then. And can you just quickly just give us one thing that we might do in our gardens to help butterflies? Yeah, I think uh, butterflies in 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 August will be looking round for nectar. Um, if you if you've got plants in your garden, particularly buddleias, they often go to those. But if, if you get a lot, if there's a long dry spell then watering the plants would, would be really useful because that helps keep the flow of nectar coming um, and butterflies will keep, keep coming to the plants for nectar if, if you water them. OK, so rather than watering the lawn, water those butterfly-friendly plants. Malcolm, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thanks, Amanda. And before our friends at the Vare Valley Society get in touch to remind us to leave our hosepipes in the shed and think of the rivers, remember that it's fine to water your garden with grey water from things like washing up. Uh, things like washing up liquid, you know, unless you've got heaps of it, won't do your plants any harm whatsoever at all. I keep a bucket outside the kitchen door um, and just throw wastewater from washing up and stuff like that into it, ready to pour onto the garden, um, onto the flowers and things every evening.
Uh, now, the National Trust has another opportunity for you to take part in some family-friendly citizen science, and they're inviting you to take part in their Ivinghoe Beacon Bio Blitz. Ivinghoe Beacon is brimming with an abundance of species, and they want to know just how many. And then you can help them find out by joining their family-friendly Bio Blitz on Sunday, the 21st of July, between 10 and 4. Now, a Bio Blitz is where you um, try and identify as many species as possible in a short time frame. This just gives a snapshot of the area's biodiversity that can be used to shape work in the future. Um, you can drop in any time between 10 and 4pm to help the rangers and the wildlife experts find and identify species and they will be on hand to answer all your wildlife questions and you can find out some more about this unique habitat as well. And if you're interested in particular creatures then you can join one of the mini events alongside the main event and um, there's a meet um, uh, oh, sorry, alongside the meet a creature and ID tables um, running between 10 and 4. There's also going to be mini surveys giving you you a chance to find things that can really interest you and they're just 45 minutes long things like a bug hunt at 11 wildflowers at at two o'clock so take a look at the national trust website for more details um thank you for listening today i'm going to be back at the same time next week when we'll hear how one um one harpenden retailer has got rid of plastic cups and what the reaction's been in the meantime goodbye Environment Matters, sponsored by Wuka Period Pants, the reusable menstrual underwear that completely replaces disposables. Find out more at wuka.co.uk and join the revolution. <laughs>